0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is the early morning show. Adam Crowley here with you on this Monday, 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 Monday. You know the drill, 412-928-9370. That's the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter. At underscore Adam Crowley. The early morning show presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. Apply at 84lumber.com. Aiden Fish going to join the program today at 930. Great story for Pitt men's hoops. They beat Syracuse. Fish gets a couple of points and he gets the game ball afterwards. Listen, all of you guys played golf, but I got the game ball. And I'm gonna give this to a dude. Uh-huh. Man, he dreamed of being here, uh-huh. in camp, uh-huh. to get that bucket off the car. Yo, yo. He has been as big a part of this turnaround as anyone because he has believed, he has led, he has shown up every day. One of the first things we have out there is says, show up. And he's done that every day he's been here from the time he was a manager until right now. Dude, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you. All of you seniors, man, unbelievable. Yep. And Pitt gets the huge victory at home. Pete was rocking. Syracuse... They put up 99 points, and I said it on Friday that that was exactly what the doctor ordered. Syracuse coming in after the comments that Jim Boeheim had made. That was going to fire up the team. That was certainly going to fire up the Pete, one of the sellouts of this season. Best crowd, I thought, all season long. Hell, Doran Dickerson was there, and Pitt had not played well the previous two games. They lost to Virginia Tech. They struggled against Georgia Tech, albeit winning that game, so they split the last two. It wasn't the best that they've looked, and that'll happen in a long game season. It wasn't dogging Pitt, just speaking the truth. I feel like I've always got to throw those addendums in there. But I said, Syracuse, with the way that they play, with that 2-3 zone, you can find open shots if you know what you're doing. And Pitt did. And Pitt can shoot. They make shots. It's why I think that they can be a dangerous team in the NCAA tournament. But with the crowd, with everything surrounding that game, that's as well as Pitt has played certainly offensively, maybe even all year long, which can help propel them into the ACC tournament. And you can see what they do there. But they're a bigger fish to fry first. Pitt can win the ACC title, regular season crown on Wednesday, at least a share of it. If they beat Notre Dame, they're going to be favored. It's never easy to win on the road. It's Mike Bray's final home game as head coach of Notre Dame. But Pitt will be favored. If they take care of business, they're getting at least a share of the ACC regular season title. And then you'll take on Miami for all the marbles on Saturday. You beat Miami, forget about sharing the thing. You are outright champions of the ACC in the regular season. And yet... When I looked at all the show notes over the weekend, all the producers do a great job putting together the show notes for all the programs we have going Monday through Friday and then throughout the weekends, all I saw, Donnie football, Pitt should be ranked. Jeff Hathorne, Pitt should be ranked. And I'm not saying I disagree with these guys. Josh Taylor, Pitt should be ranked. Everybody, Pitt should be ranked. Rank Pitt, rank Pitt. They've proven their worth. And while I respect all of these dudes and I probably at this point, agree with their opinion. I mean, they should be a top 25 team. There are things out in front of them that are more important. My voice just cracked like Joe Starkey. Coming into the season, Pitt was picked as the 14th team in the ACC. They've been one of the worst teams in Power 5 basketball going back six years. Kevin Stallings, what a disaster. It hadn't worked up until this year for Jeff Capel. They've been a train wreck of a program. The Pete, which was one of the hardest places to play in, in all of college basketball, it became like going to church on Sunday. Sure, the zoo would show up from time to time, but the alumni base wasn't showing up, and it just wasn't fun anymore. There was no juice. There was no energy. Well, energy's back. Juice is back. You want them to be in the top 25, I understand it, but think about where they were, think about where they are. It shouldn't be about getting respect anymore from the AP voters, college basketball analysts, the net rankings. Forget all that. Pitt has a chance, a good one, it should be the expectation now, to win at least a share of the ACC regular season championship. I don't care if they don't receive a single AP vote. Frankly, you hang a banner for that. Not to mention, whether you're the one, the two, regardless, but you're shooting for the one in the ACC tournament, you're not going to have to play the first games. You can get that double bye. You're going to have a good chance to make some hay in the ACC tournament. You could win that thing. You might be the favorite to win the ACC tournament. Duke's playing better. North Carolina just picked up their first quad one victory. Virginia's not playing well. Pitt could win the entire thing. They could win the ACC tournament. And then it doesn't matter what the AP voters thought. It doesn't matter what the net rankings have told you all season long. If you are the ACC regular season champion and then you win the ACC tournament, you're going to get seated more in line with what Pitt fans have been saying all year long with what they deserve. They should not be a nine seed, which is where, even still today, Lenardi and some of the other bracket people I follow have them. Eight, nine. You win the ACC regular season, you win the ACC tournament, you're not going to be an eight or a nine seed. I don't care what the net rankings say. The committee's not going to look at that and go, nah, Pitt stinks. No, they're not. There's a human element to this, too. The net ranking, it's computers, and it matters. It does, no doubt. It helps you get in. It can leave people out. It does affect the seating. But at the end of the day, there are going to be eyes, real human being eyes, in that selection committee room that are going to have to look at Pitt's resume, and there's no way that you can ignore what they'll have done if they do these things that are out there in front of them right now. Maybe you don't think Pitt, has the best chance to win the ACC tournament, but you can't say anybody else has better chance than them. I can't go there. Not the way Virginia's playing. They've really stunk the last four or five games. Miami just lost at home to Florida State. Again, Duke is playing better, but North Carolina ain't what they've been. They were preseason number one. They're talented, sure, but they're not playing great basketball. They're outside looking in right now. They're not a tournament team. So maybe Pitt doesn't have the best chance to win the ACC tournament, but I'll tell you, they don't have – they're not second to anybody else. You make the argument, okay, Miami, whatever, or Duke if they're playing well. Okay. I'm not going to sit here, though, and say that they have a better shot than Pitt. So you can complain. You can moan. And maybe it's even fair about the top 25 rankings and where's Pitt? Pitt's deserved to be ranked all season long. Okay. But why do we always have to bitch, moan, and complain? Why can't we just ever enjoy something for what it is, too? And I'm not calling out my guys. I know what that little number means and that it helps recruiting and that you would like to have your highlights on SportsCenter leading things off because you're a top 25 program. I do get that, but why can't Pit fans enjoy the moment, embrace the moment, look at this for what it is? a massive surprise in a hell of a run and just be satisfied with that for now and then look ahead to the bigger things, which at the end of the year, no one's going to care about being in the top 25 if you find a way to go to the Sweet 16. You know, Nobody's going to care about the top 25, I don't think, even if Pitt goes out in the first round of the NCAA tournament if they find a way to win the ACC tournament. Hell, even if you don't win the ACC tournament, but you get the share or sole possession of the ACC regular season crown, you're going to hang a banner in your first game next year. Why do you give a rip about being in the top 25 in comparison to those things? Why is the natural position of sports fan these days that of negativity? Why can't you just enjoy it? Nobody expected this. I know Zeiss said he thought Pitt was going to win 20 games. There is no way that he thought they were going to win the ACC. None. And 20 games coming into the year, wouldn't have guaranteed an NCAA tournament berth? Would have put them right there on the bubble. At this point, they're guaranteed an NCAA tournament berth. Why has it got to be, oh, can't believe they're getting no respect. Why can't it be? Hell freaking yeah. I was texting EJ Borghetti this weekend, and I said, man, what a hell of a last couple of years for Pitt. And he replied and said, I'm sure he doesn't mind me saying this, there is no substitute for winning. He's right. It's a drug. There's nothing better than when your favorite team just wins games. 21 times Pitt's gone out and got that dub. Only eight times have they gone out and taken an L. That means you got 21 good days enjoy it embrace it Ex- expect more now but don't worry about what the top 25 voters say because Pitt's got all this in front of them and they can control the narrative and how it's shaped around them the rest of the season if they go out there and they achieve some great things and that's what you should be looking forward to right now enjoy it celebrate it Forget about everybody else. You think this team's great? You know this team's great? Be happy about it. 412-928-9370. On Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Bob Papiani at 5 a.m. tweeting about the NHL trade deadline. Didn't know Bob got up this early. Good morning, Bob. Why is Bob never calling into the early morning show? Got a bone to pick with that guy. Coming up next, a tumultuous... End of the week for the Pens. Player placed on waivers. Ron Hextall, chance for his firing, ringing out of PPG Paints Arena. And the team actually responded this weekend. I did not see that coming. What's it mean? We'll get to that next. It's the early morning show, 93.7 The Fan. Big weekend for the Pens. They squandered a lead on Saturday afternoon. Give up a late goal despite being up 2-1. to So we've seen that one before. But what we haven't really seen from this team is, okay, bad thing happens, respond. Well, the bad thing happened, and then Brian Rust in OT responds. Penguins win. Then yesterday, they play Tampa, and they get out to an early lead. Tampa immediately comes back, puts two up on you, and you think, okay, well, damn, here we go again. St. Louis, not good. Penguins took care of business on Saturday. Well, now you're facing a really good team from the Eastern Conference, and it's just not going to go the Penguins' way. And they scored six goals in a blink of an eye. And that's still in there with these guys. I know that because it just happened. That's a great team in Tampa, one that they believe can be a Stanley Cup contender again. They just swung a trade in the wee hours to bring in another guy to try to help them win their third championship here in the last handful of seasons. When you've got Crosby and you've got Malkin, you've got a shot every night that you play, in theory. The shame of it all is you've now got Malkin cheaper than you've ever had him. You've got Chris Letang cheaper than you've ever had him. You bring back Ricard Raquel, Brian Rust. This team should no question qualify for the playoffs. Like, that's the minimum expectation. Crosby's still playing at the height of his powers. In terms of production, he's going to have one of his most productive seasons ever. He's on pace for 40 goals and 100 points. And so it's not like, oh, well, the Penguins, this end was going to come organically. It always was. It, it doesn't need to be right now. And they just showed you over the weekend, okay, we got written off, after this terrible performance against the Oilers, two stinkers where we should have won against the Islanders and couldn't get it done, people are kicking dirt on us. Hell, we're putting Casberry Barry Kapanen on waivers so that we can make a move for Jan Ruta for God's sakes. Going to have to send another player down in order to even get Ruta into the lineup because the cap is mismanaged so poorly. Things look bad. Ron Hextall gets called out by the fans and has to have a press conference the next day. Talking about the deadline and where things stand right now and where they're going to go. Things were bad. And I'm not here to tell you that two games has rectified the entire thing and saved their season, but it sure is hell better than the alternative. On Friday, I did my show at night, and I kind of put it out there to you. Should the Penguins buy? Should the Penguins sell? Should the Penguins stand pat? And I think the majority was that they should sell or stand pat, that they're not going to do anything. And I think you owe it to Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin in particular because of the way that they've played this year to at least add to the bottom six and just see what happens. You don't bring these guys back to not go for it. And yeah, if they make the playoffs, they got to play Boston or they got to play the Canes and they're going to be big time underdogs in either of those series, okay. But when you've got Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby, the reason you bring them back, or Malkin and Letang back, is because you think they give you a chance in any game, any series, and I think you got to go for it here. I'm not saying the Penguins need to give up first-round picks for rentals. That's probably not great. But if you could give up a first-round pick or A couple of first-round picks, and I'm not going to give you specifics here on names, but go out and bring a guy in that has some term, that could be younger, that could help you win now, and also be part of the last few years of Crosby and Malkin. I think you got to do it. And for Ron Hextall, I'm not sure there's anything he can do to save his job at this point. I mean, when's the last time we've seen this happened. Oh, the ringer's on in here. I don't know how to turn that ringer off. That's going to be annoying as hell. You're going to have to play with that during the break. That's going to piss me off. Give me a second here. I'm going to answer this phone call. Hello, this is Tim from the tank brigade. Oh, hi, Tim. I guess I can put you right on the air. Imagine that. What's up, buddy? I don't have the tweet I'm driving at the moment so I don't have the tweet up but Safe. I will send it to you whenever I'm done. I since December 27th the only team that has less points in the standings than the Pittsburgh Penguins is Columbus. What about their recent 6 week stretch of play suggests that we should buy at the deadline. Aside from the names Crosby, Malkin, and Latang, I understand that they've been good this season, but I just I really don't see anything that has happened well it just depends on how you buy tim like i don't think the great move here would be to do what tampa just did and and give up a whole bunch of stuff for a guy who's got five goals on the year that would be dumb i think it would be dumb if and they're not going to do this but just as an example if they spent assets for the future on a guy like patrick kane who's a rental like that doesn't make sense for the penguins if they could give up a first or second round pick, or a couple of those things together for a guy, and this is again just a name like Jacob Chikrin, who is under control at a reasonable price, who could be part of helping now and into the future. I think it's just another avenue for team building. Like I, I look, I don't look at it all that different than the off season. You just get more time with the guy if you bring him in now. But a young player with term, if you can bring someone in, I'd rather have that than a draft pick. That's just me, though. So what you're saying, it, it I guess. I guess I've always uh, defined buying at the deadline as rentals, and that's what the Penguins have done a lot. They have. So every time. Yeah, and I'm, I hate it. I really do. But if they if they end up trading for someone with control, I, I would be okay with that. It, yeah, I think, that I you think can that's what on. it boils down to here. And thank you for the call as always, buddy. Appreciate it. And uh, don't don't tweet and drive or text and drive. I guess you didn't, but just uh, you know, be careful out there, all right? Edgar Snyder and Associates reminds you to – text responsibly going out and getting a guy unless you give up like a fifth round pick for someone who scored 12 goals in the bottom six who's got an expiring contract I mean that's not an asset I'm all that worried about parting ways with but if we're talking about moving a first round pick a second round pick this year next year the year after whatever I need to do it for a guy who's got years of control That that's the way you go about this thing here it's not just about now the deal would help now But the more young players cost control that you can get in here to play with Crosby and Malkin at the end of their careers, that's what makes sense to me. And then even if you don't make the playoffs, oh, well, hey, look who you got going in next year. Jacob Chikrin. He's going to help your defense. But no, do not give up anything for a rental. They're not that kind of team. Not right now. And they were fortunate because Raquel was a rental and they were able to sign him to a deal. If not, well. Assets going out the door for a guy that helps you not win a playoff series. 412-928-9370 on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Another reason for optimism here in Pittsburgh sports. We'll get to that next. It's the early morning show, 93.7 The Fan. I fixed the ringer, not that you give a rip. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Silverados, Colorado's back in stock. Great selection. Stop in online, sunchevy.com. Rain, highs and low 50s. Wednesday, high up around 70 degrees. How about that on the first day of March? The madness, baby. Oh, yeah, we're getting there. And here's the thing about Pitt. They won the ACC championship in football. Kenny Pickett, third in the Heisman vote, and get a Blitnikoff winner. Last year, they win nine games, high times. Basketball's been a disaster. This year, not so much could win the ACC championship. So for all the people saying, where's Pitt in the top 25? We need to see Pitt in the top 25. I get it. I understand. That's how fans operate. I just think right now it's high time for Pitt. You might be in a golden age here. Maybe it's a mini golden age. Maybe it lasts a while. Heather likes done a great job. Who knows? But enjoy it. Embrace it. Pitt fans. I've never seen more Pitt stuff around the town than I have right now. There's script on everything. That was not always the case. It wasn't. The most, I remember when Pitt and Penn State played the first time to reignite that series not too, too long ago, that it was the most Pitt stuff I'd ever seen around town because people wanted a peacock and maybe even more than support Pitt, just show, hey, we're not Penn State fans, right? It's the most I had seen. And then there was a lull because things had been going the way they had been going. Football was mediocre and basketball at the time was bad. Well, now people aren't ashamed. People are celebrating this team. We'll celebrate it more. Be happy because right now it's as good as it's been in a long, long time for Pitt athletics. Quit the bitching, quit the moan, and quit the complaining. Just enjoy it. Things are good, and things might be good-ish, relatively speaking, for the Pittsburgh Pirates this year. I've said this team could win 82 games. I don't think that they will. A lot has to go, right? you got to stay healthy because you're not going to have depth the way that other teams are going to have depth. But ESPN came out, they said, the Pirates have the 14th best projected lineup in all of Major League Baseball. They were bad last year at scoring runs. Well, that should put them somewhere near the middle of the pack. Adding McCutcheon, O'Neal Cruz's development, Brian Reynolds still around. You add a couple of DH first baseman guys that have some pop that at least in a platoon situation gives them a viable option at first base. The reason why I'm saying, though, to be fairly optimistic on the pirates is 93% of people who have bet on the pirates total this year win loss total are taking the over. We're talking about smart gamblers here who think the pirates are going to hit the over. Now the number is small, 61 and a half, but I think it's going to easily happen. I think they're going to win in the mid 70s in games. 99% of the money on the pirates to hit the over. So they're not going to contend for a World Series anything like that, but could they be this year's Orioles? We'll see. The betters are optimistic. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.